Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening finally again to the Embodied Business Podcast. I'm sorry it has been a bit of a break. I was back home in Germany last month and sadly got COVID, which I'm still recovering from. Um, I'm kind of really slowed down, which is okay. I'm having a very slow season, a very gentle summer, and enjoying that. Getting ready for the next chapter in my business. I'm just creating my very last website this week, at least for a long while, and I'm getting ready to go back to school in September, which is very exciting. But I do want to get back into podcasting as well. I really missed it. I love having these conversations in a way. I know we're not directly talking to each other, but I do feel the sense of echolocating like a bat. And I always love hearing back um, from you via email when you listened to an episode and enjoyed it. So today I want to talk about making space for mental health in our businesses. And let me just think, do I have announcements? I do, actually. (laughs) Yes, my main announcement is that the next free virtual business retreat weekend is September 10th and 11th. It's a really beautiful weekend where we gather to dive a little bit deeper into our business visions and we do the kind of work, the kind of strategic, important, introspective, community-based work that we often don't find time for in the day-to-day of our work. So it's a gently paced weekend. It's not going to be totally fully packed, but it will be, I'd say, two half days. Um, It's evening and late afternoon UK time, so it hopefully kind of is available um, or, you know, within access of waking hours and lots of different time zones. And I'll share workshops, but there will also be co-working space so we can make sure that we're implementing the things that we're dreaming up in the workshops that we're doing together. You can sign up for that for free. I'll link to that in the show notes. And the other announcement is that the Livelihood community will open again in September. Um, I open that twice per year in April and September. It's a year-long program that includes <laughs> such a big number of things by now because we're always adding to it. It feels hard to remember, but let me try. So there's a six-module pre-recorded course that really does a lot of beautiful foundational work in terms of building a livelihood that is sustainable and joyful. Then we have monthly themed workshops where we dive deeper into all these questions. We have monthly open group support sessions where you can bring any and all problems you're currently dealing with. We have co-working spaces at least twice per month. We have a monthly intention setting sessions on the first Monday and that's new. It's really sweet to start that practice this month. Um, What else do we have? Yeah, a really good network on Mighty Networks where you can talk to other small business owners It lists the upcoming events. There are really beautiful discussions as well as Monday accountability posts. Um, The pricing will be on a sliding scale. Um, The base price will be $360 and you can pay that either upfront or in 12 monthly installments. And then there'll be a discounted and um, a more generous options for people who have the resources to support the project as well. Um, the sign-up isn't ready yet, but I will link to the waitlist in the um, show notes as well. All right, now getting into making space for mental health in our businesses. So, I mean, this is such a broad subject. I really want to preface this by saying I'm only speaking from my own experience 
I mean, that's all anyone can ever do, right? But I have really been thinking about this, of course, and I've talked about it with lots of other people. And I've identified kind of five approaches or angles that we can take to looking at this. The first one is identifying sources of stress and anxiety. The second one is self-awareness. The third one is building resources. The fourth one is honesty and communication. And the last one is structural support. So, you know, if you want, take pen and paper and see what works for you, what you want to implement or explore further in your own work and leave the rest. And the first thing I wanted to speak to was identifying sources of stress and anxiety. So to me, this is really about looking at my work at how my weeks and days flow, about uh, how I feel about projects, what makes me feel good in my business and what feels really difficult and seeing where are these sources of stress and anxiety. I think for me, when I was on social media, especially on Instagram, comparison came up sometimes, this feeling of needing to share something, needing to come up with something clever, needing to meet the times and the world needs with kind of integrity and honesty, and just feeling never quite good enough in that, I guess, um, which is why I left, which is a different subject for another episode. But I think it's really good to use, to look at our media use in general and see kind of how, we're, where we're getting stuck what feels like good community, connection, togetherness, inspiration, and what feels more draining. And is that maybe a source of stress and anxiety that we can, if not eliminate, at least kind of moderate or mediate a little bit better? Financial worries also can, of course, be a big source of stress and anxiety, and identifying that doesn't necessarily mean that we can fix it right away, right? It's more complicated than that. But I think as a first step, it is really important to look at that and say, okay, actually, this is causing me some level of stress, and this is why. And for me, something that feels really helpful is to have a very clear Excel sheet where I'm listing what I need to feel safe in my life. And I have kind of two separate lists there. One is really what what are the basics? What do I need each month at least to kind of meet those basic needs? And then I, there's another list that is a little bit more generous and abundant, which is maybe, uh, I don't, wouldn't necessarily call it a stretch goal, but that's one way of thinking of it, I guess. Another source is long hours. So looking at my weeks and seeing if there are days maybe or certain times in the month that become extra stressful and thinking about how I can avoid that. Um, another really important part I think that's often really underestimated is unclear boundaries and communication. So whether you are a service business or product-based one, if you continuously or repeatedly experience stress and anxiety because there are tension and tensions in how you communicate with your customers, expectations aren't totally clear, maybe just a lot of customer care work to do because you're not getting clear briefings from people or they're waiting on their orders, for example, then that's a systemic thing that is important to look at and maybe find ways to communicate more clearly, clearly about or create better systems to support you within. You might also experience seasonal pressure points. I know many creative makers really get super stressed out in the run-up to Christmas because there's just a lot of logistics to think about and 
it's it's sad to kind of arrive in your own holidays having been through like eight weeks of total terror in your nervous system and feeling super exhausted so if you know that's you then maybe that's something that now in the summer you can start thinking about and working around and then finally you might also feel a real lack of a security net and structural problems and again that's maybe not something that you can identify and then fix immediately because as the name suggests, structural problems are structural. They're not necessarily personal. They can be both. But still, I think it's important to think about that and, and look at it in the bigger picture to make sure that you're understanding that this is not necessarily your fault. So if you don't have access to good healthcare at the moment, for example, or even any kind of basic health health insurance, then... Um, it's important to name that as something that you're probably not alone in, uh, in that experience. And it's not great. It's definitely something that we want to change. I want that for everyone. I think those is, that's just a human right. Um, but in the absence of it for now, I think it's also okay to be pragmatic and say I'm engaged in the political struggle to make that happen for all of us. But for now, I can also recognize that it's not a fault um, of my own, that I don't have this right now, and this is what I'm going to do to work towards it. So yeah, think that through for yourself. Identify those sources of stress and anxiety. If you have a moment, write them down. I know it can be it can be feeling tedious sometimes to feel like oh my god like there's so much journaling to do and all this self reflection but it really helps and I really think it's a worthwhile investment of your time as well because if you have those feelings come up and they block you from doing things that you really want to do or they zap energy then you know what could be better than working with that the second point is self awareness and there's clearly an overlap with this first section but. I think to me, self-awareness is about really thinking about where your sources of resilience are. So what are your coping mechanisms that really work for you? And um, <clears throat> of course, there's, you know, there's all kinds of coping mechanisms. Not all of them actually really work. Some of them can be a bit detrimental, but we can also meet that with kindness and self-compassion and just kind of try to redirect ourselves towards coping mechanisms that really are holistic and sustainable. It might also be worth thinking about how much or to what extent you identify with your work or with achievement. I have to admit that in the first few years of my business, I was working really long hours and I maybe sometimes was the kind of person who would reply, keeping busy when you'd ask me how I was doing, which is, oh, but it's just so uncool. <laughs> but I wasn't fully aware of that. And when I had my accident at the end of 2020, and I then really needed to start working part-time, it was actually a quite a big process in my identity and my, um, I guess, sense of self that I had always been this really hard worker and suddenly that just wasn't possible anymore. And it surprised me because had you asked me in the years prior, I wouldn't necessarily have said, yes, you know, I'm, I'm primarily an entrepreneur and I'm the CEO of my business and this is all very important to me. I would have said, I love my work. I'm really glad I get to be creative and this is a big part of who I am. But I think the level of identification with achievement under capitalism is often bigger than we think. So yeah, if you want to increase your self-awareness, that's definitely something worthwhile thinking about. You might also want to think about the rhythms that you have in your body, in your day, in how you engage with your work. 
you might want to identify some sensitivities. I've talked with a lot of people lately, for example, about rejection sensitivity, which is a really valid thing. Like no one likes to be rejected, of course, but if you know that when you launch a thing and you don't sell as much of it as you'd hoped, and that's really setting you back for weeks or months, then that's maybe something to identify with and work with as well. Maybe you have seasonal preferences. Maybe you have a certain level of um, social social working that you need. You know, some of us really love solitude. Other people are happy with just co connecting online. Other people need really committed co-working time to stay motivated and have that accountability. So really just thinking about what level of social balance you need in your work. And also what kind of accountability is good for you. I think that's a big piece of good mental health in our businesses as well is not drowning in this feeling of always being behind or never being quite good enough or lacking self-trust in your decision making. And so ask yourself what kind of accountability feels good for that, for meeting that need to be witnessed and held in your visions and dreams. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, finally, ask yourself which hats you really enjoy wearing in your business. Especially when we're, we're starting out, we're doing so many different things. We're our customer care person. We do marketing. We do product development and uh, deliver services and products. And then we do bookkeeping and strategizing and all these different things. And you might not be able... Um, necessary to hire something out right now but you can at least start thinking about what actually really suits you and how you enjoy working and that's a stepping stone to better understanding how you can support yourself and your mental health in your business. The next piece is building resources and um, a part of that can be savings or having insurance and of course that's kind of easier said than done. I'm not saying, you know, just just put pay savings in place, just do it, you know. It might not be that easy, but if you're looking at your financial anxieties right now, at your um, monthly spending and what you need to feel secure, let's say three, um, kind of three months income um, to bridge over um, a period of illness, let's say, or um, some other life events that's difficult, um, if that's not possible right now, how can you work towards that in the coming years and really make that a priority to um, have a safety net for yourself? Another really important resource, I think, is community belonging. So how is that showing up for you? Do you feel that in certain spaces on social media and do you want to focus more on those? Do you maybe feel that in um, some of the communities that you're part of on Mighty Networks or other spaces? Do you want to block a little bit of time to really connect there each month or each week? Because I think sometimes we sign up to all these different free spaces and we're like, yeah, yeah, I want to connect. Let me join this. But how much can we actually be present there? And so I'm often pruning back on the online spaces that I'm part of so that I can be really feeling a sense of intimacy and connection in the in the spaces that I do connect to. I feel that we're really fostering that in the livelihood community. Some members have just joined, uh, jo well, some have joined new in spring and that's beautiful, but some have also just joined, uh, just uh, entered their fourth year, which is incredible. And they're still active, you know, that makes me so happy that we get to know each other over longer periods of time. So it feels like a balancing point to how fast paced the internet has become. 
You might also want to think about your rituals and routines, especially about how you begin and end your working day. Do you have these little bookend rituals that make you feel, okay, this is work time and now it's play time and there are boundaries around that. Maybe you want to make more space for long-term planning to stay engaged with your vision. That can be really motivating and it can really help with anxiety, I think, and feelings of stress and overwhelm to step back occasionally and say, okay, you know, what is my bigger picture here for the year and um, for the next season of my life? Maybe you want to think more about giving yourself breaks and time off as a resource and how that can, you know, how that can be part of your manage, your management style for yourself and um, your business planning. I, um, I have a habit, for example, of not booking uh, calls or almost none for the last week of the month. So that to me is a week where I get to do more admin, I get to tie up any loose ends for the month. That feels really good. And then I'm taking uh, the last week of every other month off completely, um, which is also really great because it can be so easy to let a whole season going by without even like a long weekend off or something like that. You might also want to think about independence from social media as a resource. If you have identified that as a source of stress in your business, then thinking about prioritizing, maybe building your newsletter some more or finding other ways of building your community and connecting with people that maybe don't cause you the sense of feeling behind or always needing to have something inspirational to share. For me, a really important part is thinking about meaningful relationships in general. It's so easy, I think, within conventional online marketing and business building <laughs> uh, approaches to be quite transactional and to thinking about, okay, I have X a number of followers, I want to get to 10,000, I want to have this conversion rate. But that's very extractive in a way, and, and it's kind of a colonial approach, if you will, within capitalism of thinking about how we relate to each other. But how you can you bring that humanness back into your business and your work and maybe thinking about the kind of feedback that you really want, the kinds of ways that you want to feel that your relationship with the people that you work with or work for is like mutually respectful and inspiring in some way. And there's a sense of ongoing support. For me, I feel that with my Patreon, for example, I've had that for over four years now. It's, it's taken many different shapes and forms over the years, but it's always been the sense that People, if they can, pledge a little bit of financial support each month. In return, I offer them a lot of uh, stuff. You know, like at the moment, we have the creative co-working every Sunday. I teach regular workshops. I make a lot of recordings available. I send them all my digital zines and my book. And so it's a mutual supportive relationship that offers, I think, a lot to everyone involved. You might also, as a resource, add more meditation or journaling or small everyday rituals into your work life. And you might, again, think more not just about the kinds of relationships you want to foster, but also how you make time for them and how that might become a ritual in your week. So maybe even showing up to your inbox, you know, can be a sweet thing if there is a sense of connection and reaching out to people. The next piece is about honesty and communication. I think how we tell the stories of our business and how our work came to be is actually really beautiful and important. It's tempting to think that people only want to see the final product or the shiny version of how things came to be or um, you know, to think of yourself as someone who needs to have all the answers and doesn't get to make mistakes or change their mind. But actually, I think many people love to hear more 
from behind the scenes they don't want to just see the highlight reels that we're sharing on Instagram and so it can be really beautiful to ask for help or to clearly communicate about your boundaries and manage expectations so one way that I'm doing that for example with my podcast is that I always say like I love this it's a it's it's something I truly am so devoted to it's a free resource as well and I'm not making promises about sending you a new episode every week because I just can't commit that to that as part of my life right now as much as I would love to and I'm also telling people about where I changed my mind and an example of that is the different things that I offered as part of my Patreon that's really changed a lot over the years and That's the kind of freedom and flexibility that I needed to make things work for me. And I appreciate that people, you know, accept that as me being human, basically. Um, So, yeah, I think transparency is important. I think the more we talk about mental health and the struggles we have, the more we're unshaming that and the more we help other people to um, identify this in themselves and feel able to be honest and ask for help, too. The last piece is about structural support. And as I've mentioned, this might not be something that you can change immediately or that you can change by yourself. But I think finding a small way in which you can be engaged in um, political action and, and organization can really help us shift out of this feeling of stagnation or helplessness or overwhelm where we're like, okay. I'm, um, I'm making a point to signal boost someone every month or I'm making a small donation every month or I'm educating myself by subscribing to newsletters by people that I really respect. Um, it doesn't have to be anything huge, but you, I think if you, if you commit to something in a regular and, and kind of grounded way, it really helps you to feel that, okay, there are things that I can't change right now. I can't give everyone health insurance by myself, but I'm working towards the kind of world that I want to live in in a meaningful way. Um, you can also put things like insurance in place for yourself. I think of that as a really important part of my own structural support, especially in the last two years. I've appreciated having insurance so, so much. In addition to the standard public healthcare in the UK, I have accident insurance and income protection. Accident insurance is fairly um, cheap. Luckily, it was three or four pounds and it um, made um, a, it gave me a lump sum when I had my accident. And then income protection is a bit more expensive depending on what you want to cover. But it pays you a pension if you're unable to work in your business or if you're um, long-term dis- disabled and therefore only able to work part-time. Um, and yeah, again, that might not be something you can afford right now, but it's really important to sit down and think about what you need and make that a part of your long-term vision. I think sometimes it can feel a bit fuzzy to say, you know, I, I want to sell more stuff or I want to have more clients or I want to earn more money. Like, what does that really mean when you do that? What, how is it going to change your business and the way you work? And a really tangible way that it might change it is that you can then afford insurance and feel more secure and that might really improve your mental health. You might also want to get involved with mutual aid groups in some way if you can and they can be both local or online. You might want to think about therapy and medication as an important piece that supports your mental health, not just privately, but also as part of your business. And you might want to think about how you want to share that with other people as well. So I really love having more honest conversations about money, for example, with my friends of saying like, this is the debt I used to be in. This is how I've insured myself. This is how I'm hoping to retire. 
I think we're not talking about these things enough, but they're actually really important. And again, the sense of unshaming by initiating these conversations and saying, hey, that's something I struggle with, I think is really helpful as well. Gosh, I really hope this has been helpful in some way. I hope that you got something out from listening and I'm grateful for your being here. Um, I hope to see some of you for the free virtual weekend retreat in September and maybe some of you in the livelihood community as well. If you liked it, please leave a review. That would really help. And again, thank you so much.